And welcome to another Living in the Past for the week. Uh, we are a 90s podcast that goes through a month of the 90s, most weeks. But this week we're doing a bit of a focus on uh, a filmmaker that is clear near and dear to our house. A film that might not be, it might be further away from our hearts than what it used to be. Mm. We're talking about rats, and this is my uh, co-host Ben. Hello, I'm on the fence with that comment. Yeah. I have never thought about it until you just said it. Well, we 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 did say I think I think we even said last when we did our clerks one we're gonna um, try and do all of his like we'll do an episode for each of his movies, um, and look I watched this the other night um, memories came flooding back um, there's a lot of stuff in here that I was like here's here's the thing um, I I was already to after I watched this not like it and then when you when you when you listen to kevin smith talk about it he just gets you so excited about stuff again that you kind of just forget that there's questionable material in here and you're like oh he's fun mm. he's good um no nah, he's he's made me he's made me like it again um because i don't think he's ever gonna like admit that anything he's done is bad <laughs> so um, i think i think he's quite good at like it looking back at it it's maybe not great but at the time you know that's yeah, that's I how think... it was, and like you can't have those sort of regrets if, at the time, you felt good about it. Yes, and look, um, at the time, like it was, this is you know giving a bit of um, a brief sort of history of it. Like the hit, like Clerks was obviously a runaway um, success at um, Sundance. He was like the indie movie maker sort of god um, at that time, and then they gave him a bunch of money, and he made uh, more rats. He'd like written that, and this was like the year after. Um, and he he starts the casting process. We'll get into that in a little bit. And um, everyone sort of thinks that this, this is going to be just as good. Like he's, he's, he can't do it wrong. And then it, it opened uh, quite a lot of cinemas. And people just didn't... didn't uh, some of the indie people thought that he'd sort of sold out a bit because it's, it's kind of like a major... Um, Major oh, movie. don't forget it's in color it's Ugh. in color yeah um, what a sellout it's kind of that thing of like it was too indie for the for the um mainstream audiences but it was too mainstream for the indie audiences um yeah it was just uh it just didn't know what it was and then and still to this day it's it's a weird movie it's, it's kind of like what we've talked about with wayne's world and stuff like it's like a bunch of sketches um just rolled into like one like there's no real godly reason that a bunch of mid 20 somethings are going to go to the mall um when it is about- very much just a weird teen movie yeah like if, if this was made today with like a bunch of teenagers i'd like totally um i'd totally buy it but this one just i think i just uh, the, the, i think back when i watched it the first time i just assumed that they were like 20 but you're like you get like you get the feeling that like they're more 25 26 27 <laughs> they probably shouldn't be hanging out in a mall all day well, why aren't they um aren't ts and it's a brandy it's yeah brandy. uh going after college no they, they're they're from what i can well that's what i was trying to work out i think they're graduating college because they talk about um they're doing majors and stuff. They're not. They're not. Um, I think that this is well past high school. I think they're they're doing uh, they're, they're doing college. So yeah, like there would be like their mid twenties. I think so. It's. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to go with twenty one, twenty two at the most. 
I'm going 25. I have no <laughs> scientific basis for that, but uh, that's what I'm feeling. Uh, so what's your first memory of, um, of, of this movie? This was the first Kevin Smith film that I saw. It is the same way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a gateway for a lot of people. Uh, accidentally, as well, I had no prior knowledge. I had no like it wasn't given to me by anyone. No one said you need to watch this. I didn't like Yahoo find shit out about it. <laughs> um, Google wasn't around back when I watched this movie in nineteen ninety eight ninety nine. Yep, I think it was a uh, late at night on. I want to say BBC Two. Okay. I was living in England and I saw the title and like the little blurb in the TV guy. I was like, oh yeah, let's watch that. Yep. Um, and thought that Brody Bruce was the greatest character of all time. <laughs> and how you and for the now? next 10 years, all I did was quote pretty much every sentence he said in this film. And also dressed like him and uh, had, had a vibe. I did have that shirt. I had a very similar corduroy jacket. She did. (laughs) I could Um, never get the hair and I'm still waiting on the beard or the stubble. Oh, you'll get there, man. Thanks. Uh, I was with my mum at the video store that I would eventually work at. um, Not too far away from probably this. So this came out in 95. I was probably in there 96. So I'm uh, 14 years old. It's an MA15 movie. My my parents are quite Ooh. strict on that sort of stuff. So like I picked Ooh. it up and I said, "Look, can I grab the can I get this mom? Gee whiz." Um <laughs> she and she actually was uh talked to Damien, a future coworker, and said like, "Oh, oh is, is this appropriate?" And he looked at me and mom couldn't see me and I did the sort of like, "Yes, it is appropriate. You should you have to do this." And he's like, "Yeah, it's fine." Um and he and she she borrowed uh, she borrowed it for me and and my my love for Kevin Smith was I watched it I watched it like three times it was probably a new release so I watched it three times in like the span of a, a day, um, and again was Brady your number one watching it I think it has to be like he's the Randall of this movie um, yeah like, so much better than Randall though Kevin Smith has basically said like he 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 writes all the cool lines for for those sort of people and. Because TS is such a insufferable fucking tool, Dante. It doesn't. It doesn't it, no, no. Let's not. Let's not sully Dante's name. Like Dante's years. <laughs> ahead, Dante's years ahead of TS. Huh. Um, I find TS like the worst part of this movie. Um, you know find... who is the Dante in this film? Is Claire Forlani? Gil. What's <laughs> 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 no, he's Gil. He can't be Dante. Um, Claire Volani is pretty insufferable too, but um, she doesn't get much screen time either. So, uh, which is so weird because she's probably the second best actor in this film. She's also a bit of like I, I always find that the way she looks at the start of this film and the way she looks like on stage. I know she's being made up to like she looks like a different person. <laughs> like I just she's yeah. got those geek glasses at the start, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then like, yeah, when she's at the end, I'm like, is that the same person? Um, but Tease's whole storyline of this is just like the worst. Like he's the worst. Like he's, he cannot see anything past his own shit. Like I agree with mm-hmm. everything that, um, Brandy says in this. It's like, and she shouldn't have gone back to him because he hasn't really proved himself to be any more than like a, um, a complete tosser. So it's like. Not to swallow the end of the movie, but yeah, he basically bullies her into getting back together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like why'd you break up with me? Don't you have any convictions? Yeah. Don't you have any loyalty? Get back together with me. It's it's that that makes this movie, um, that and the the occasional R word. Uh, three of them I counted. Yes, three. Um, 
that really sort of uh, dumped, dropped it low for me. I haven't done my rating yet. I'm going to, I, I thought I'd keep it for this. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I like it's that thing of that, and I think more maybe because like when when you're watching it as a kid or like you know teenage or whatever, like, you're um, you're more inclined to just watch it for the jokes and for Jane and Bob and lots of stuff. Um, but like. I suppose now, especially when you're going to do an episode about it, you're sort of watching a bit more in depth and it's like, I need that storyline done better and it deserves to be done better. And it's just, it's just not. And um, yeah, I I believe that it's just, it it really cuts the movie down for me. And same with uh, Renee and Brody. Not sure why they go back together. No, because I mean, he's a terrible boyfriend. Then all of a sudden he's like, Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I should be slightly better. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, it's just that, like, um, it, it fell into that nineties trope, and I don't know whether he got notes from the studio that said, like, oh, you got to give these, these guys a second chance because, like, these are your bread and butter. Like, you don't want to alienate like your man boys that are going to come and see this movie. Um, but nah, he would have done it anyway. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but I think um, so with Dante and um, Veronica in, in Clerks, he takes it for granted. Um, Randall rightly tells her that he's fooling around with Caitlin behind his back, and like it's kind of left up. Like you don't know fooling around, like just stringing each other along. Yeah. Um, But at the end of that movie, Veronica and Dante aren't together, and like that's kind of good. It's like ambiguous. Like no, but I I don't. I can't. I can't remember in the comics whether they get back together. I think she. I think he fucks up again, and she still dumps him. But like. I kind of I kind of like that ambiguous storyline, but yeah, this one just had to have yeah, like everyone had to get like an ending. It's like I don't think either of these guys are, did redeemable things. Nope. So no, not in the slightest. So let's get into like the 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 meat of it. So we we start off uh, with um, uh, the monologue of uh, his cousin Wal- cousin Walter, who gets a gerbil stuck up stuck up his ass, and that's like that and the the. Um, the other one uh, about the airplane the, story, yeah, which apparently mirrors um, his performance in um, Almost Famous. Like, there's a bit where they think they're all going to die, and oh, yeah. Cameron Crowe apparently put that in there as a little bit of a nod, because him and Kevin Smith were, were friends. Um, and then we're um, where we have. I mean, the, it is a very comic central movie, uh, so. Apparently, the comics collection that Brody's got is Kevin Smith that he bought back after it because he sold a bunch of his comics to make clerks. Um, uh, but we, we we have like these these um, comic book covers that are made by all these different artists of the um, and I reckon some of them are really really cool. I like the song over the top of it too. But the soundtrack to this movie is not too bad. Not quite as good as Clerks, but it's pretty good. No. Do you, did you think? Um, I know it was a style at the time to have a very long intro, but I couldn't help but think you've made this intro longer. And you're introducing characters just to show off the artwork. Oh yeah, uh, because yeah, they show I'd... off the psychic who's in it for two minutes. Yeah, yeah, they, and like um, they like I mean like a lot, and a lot of those covers like are really detailed in what happens in the movie. Like they they give like a little bit of a uh, it, it wouldn't be done these days. Like I mean like we've talked about like '90s movies and their credit sequences. Like this like this would be already in. <laughs> it would have been done, um, and got into uh, after the uh, the monologue. So. Um, filmed at Eden Prairie Mall. We I mean, not, not the, the actual mall in the movie is called Eden Prairie. It's actually the same mall as in uh, Dawn, the old school Dawn of the Dead. Um, 
it was, and I think he he made it like it's yeah, it's like it's actually Monroeville, which will come up in his um. Uh, Zach Mary. Yeah, Zach Mary. Yeah, a little bit further on. So, uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about. So, we're was there just... any Day of the Dead? Um, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Was there any uh, little Easter eggs for it in there? No, I've, I think I've checked that once before when I was like, yeah, because I, I recently just watched The Dawn of the Day again. It's, it's, it still holds up. Um, we're introduced to TS um, and some horrible ADR work. There's a bit where he picks her up and he's like, I'm taking her ass to Florida, but it's like, it's so different from the dialogue he just said before that. You can tell that it's been like, uh, recorded over yeah i feel like there's a fair bit of bad dubbing in this film oh man like jay especially and probably because like he was not doing it properly on set but yeah, like, yeah his stuff is like really really badly overdubbed um remember a time in life where you could not be on your way to the airport an hour before your flight takes off and that's okay <laughs> and this one so that we also get um, i mean he's rushing but still yeah but still. um We've got the the viewer skew averse law coming in because like the uh, the the girl who does um he basically tells a girl that uh, it's going to be on this game show that if she that she might look fat on camera so she goes and does um seven hundred laps in the YMCA pool and then drops drops dead and we, we mid hear that strike. mid back strike yeah we hear that in uh, chasing Amy that comes up in two years time or two seasons time for us uh, and. I do like that. I mean, I've always liked. Sometimes it gets a little bit crazy, but like, I kind of like the the for the first four movies. There's these storylines that are like intersecting lots of stuff, and it sort of it comes up a bit in Jan's Hobbit straight right back too. But it's just, yeah, I I do like that. Then I think he should have just closed that chapter for good, <laughs> and then that's cool. But you know, whatever. Um, I still like clicks too. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, and then we're um, we're also introduced to uh, Brandy's dad, <laughs> Mister Spenning, um, and a, and a very uh, uh, Michael, uh, yeah Michael Rooker, and I've always loved, and I know I know it's like a really cheap joke, but when she calls him a complete ass, and then like he's doing his shadow boxing in front of a TV, and then his towel drops off. <laughs> I then, hate that bit so much. Oh really? I don't know. Like and like every time I'm like, I know it's going to happen. Even before I um, when I watched it the first time, I'm like, I bet his towel falls off. And it happens, and I'm like, yeah. I think there's so much bad acting in this, and I don't know who's at fault for it because I don't think they're all bad actors, but I'm not saying that Kevin Smith can't direct them to act better. But there's so many bits that you can just just see it doesn't look natural. Mm. And that was the first thing that stuck out for me. The first time I watched it, I hated Michael Rooker's character from the first time I watched it because it looks like he's, obviously he's trying to get the tower to fall off. Yeah. But just the way his body moves, it seems to be obvious that he's like trying to make sure it comes off. There's bits in this movie where he reminds me of a, an old guitarist that used to be in my one of my bands so much. <laughs> Not that big. I didn't see his ass, but yeah. Um, um, yeah also, um, was Julie Dwyer the funeral that they go to in Clerks? Uh, yeah. It must be, right? Yeah. I think it's got to be. Um. Well, then he goes, and I. Uh, so, there is another um, if because you, you we've watched the uh, the alternative opening because um, there's a, there's a reference made to it later in the film. It's called the Governor's Ball, um, and like uh, like all this all this shit happens at the Governor's Ball, 
Um, I can't remember exactly um, what happens because I think you've got you got it on your copy. It's not on my copy, uh, and that's why Brandy's dad hates him so hates TS so much because he causes this like huge um, uh, problem to happen. Didn't um, I give you my copy? Maybe. That's know. a conversation for another time. Carry on. <laughs> um, but then, um, yeah, so now you give me your dogma. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, they cut it out because um, Kevin Smith said, look, you know, it takes us like half an hour to get to the mall in a movie called Mall Rats. So, like, they cut down the, the opening time um, a bit more. Uh, but, Not the um, opening credits, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably could have just... <laughs> Um, I'm just checking the clerk's funeral scene. Is that Julie Dwyer's? Um, it is Julie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and then I'm always, okay. So just a bit of geography here. So Brody's place yes. is apparently supposed to be next door. Cause he says it's, it's my neighbor later in the film. Mrs. Fenning says, Oh, if it isn't my neighbor. Um, but we sort of see TS rock up in a car. So it's like, I mean, it could be his back neighbor, I suppose, but like, mm. I just feel that really weird. Like it, you know, if it, like obviously they needed a, a reason for Svenning and Brody to know each other for him to be able to like shake his hand and stuff like that. But yeah, like that that felt like it's always felt a bit clunky to me. Um, just that like I mean, TS is parked in their driveway. He can't leave his car and then walk next door. I, I guess yeah. I'm, I'm look. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm nitpicking. I, I look. I, I'm I'm totally nitpicking. It but is yeah. it is a bit weird though. Yeah. Um, I had the subtitles on for this. Do you have the subtitles on for this? No. Okay. Um, I should have because of my headphone issues, but I did not. <laughs> there's a bit where when he's waiting at the door and Brody's coming to answer it. And uh, he's muttering. Yeah, Tia says like, oh, you're a... Um, oh. He doesn't call himself a bitch, but he calls himself like a... Um, oh, he says I can't remember what he says, but yeah, it's it something that I never picked up on before. Like I just always thought that he was just like... I always used to think actually, it was actually Brody. They were actually giving Brody dialogue. Like, how can how can we hear that? The doors closed. But yeah, um, and well, then, that's yeah. another bit that is not uh, greatly dubbed. No, is <laughs> coming to the door. Um, but before all that, we find out that yeah, um, Shannon Doherty of Nine Two One Zero is uh, dating uh, Brody. Uh, her name's Renee, and she she gives him a letter say that like she. Um, She's breaking up. Uh, it's got one of my favorite lines of which I actually, I solely bought a t-shirt of the Hartford Whalers because I love the, <laughs> I love the joke. It says Hartford, the whale. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I remember like a few years ago, I think you even said, it's like, did you get it just for that joke? I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> I mean, it makes, look, I, I got the exact shirt that uh, Brody is wearing. So, you yeah. Know. Um, Let's talk about Brody uh, for a sec. Um, Jason Lee was, uh, he had just finished, he'd retired from skateboarding, from professional skateboarding. He wanted to do something else. Apparently in real life, he's a very, uh, he's not like he is in, he's nothing like Brody. He's like the anti-Brody. Like he doesn't, um, he's very serious. He's very focused and lots of stuff. And um, there's a couple of uh, stories online you can check out about his um, audition process. But yeah, he was basically um, uh, apparently Giovanni Rabisi, like his mum is a casting agent. And she said to Kevin Smith, like, oh, you should check this guy out. And they, they get along really, really well. So they, he gave him a try. Um, but yeah, he was always very, apparently first he read for TS and he said that he wasn't good at that. So he came back for Brody. Apparently they had another actor for Brody 
and I don't know who it is, and they've never told me. I don't know whether you, whether you know, um, who had like they were, they were they all got together for like basically a read through, and it was between Jason Lee and this other guy, and this other guy just had a complete breakdown and just couldn't give a good performance, and then they said, oh well, Jason Lee's got it then. But do you know who else was going up for Brody? I do not know. Um, I know I probably should, but because isn't that the um the t shirt that he's wearing? Isn't that isn't that the face? Of the person, it's a face of like a bunch of the. I don't know if it's the cast or people who tried auditioned and they like molded them into one face and like yep. stretched it out. Yeah, I know so, it's not just one face. I know it's like multiple faces, but I can't remember who which exactly. Is weird. And like, it also goes to my thing of like, um, at one stage of his career, Kevin Smith was just like an absolute shit. <laughs> like, I'm sure he was hated by me. I'm sure like he's he's like um. After his epiphany, after Zach and Miriam, he got all stony and cool and stuff. Like he's he's made a lot of friends now, but like I think at one point he was just as hated as everyone else because uh, he was very snarky. Like a, a couple of times I've watched his yeah. um old uh like his old stand up or his, his speaking his um Silent Bob speak stuff, and he's like really like he says like a really weird joke about at least Lindsay Lohan, um and it's like he's oh. just he's just very he's just he's very mean, um. Which I suppose we kind of liked him for because that was the Randall of him sort of coming out. But yeah, like now, it's like you wouldn't. You, if I could ever ask him something, I'd be like, "Would how do you how do you view that old footage of yourself? Like you know, because you're you're basically like a a one eighty from what you used to be." I think uh, there was a lot of bullying that he dealt with for a long time, and that was that was his response when people are mean to you, you just mean back. That was just yeah. the cycle. Yeah. Um. So just want to backtrack quickly what yes. you said about um coming up to Brody's door. Yeah, I have the transcript here from the oh, film. Okay, cool. And it says, "You're a fickle broad, man." Fickle broad, yeah. You're a fickle broad. Um, who's he talking to? Well, I from. I I should, of, is he talking to his mum, or is that still talking about Renee who just left? Well, I don't know. And I, don't, I, don't, I thought it was TS. I thought it was TS saying it to himself. It's like, you're a fickle broad. No, because then he comes to the door. He's like, holy shit. Okay. If it isn't Mon Frere. Okay. So maybe it is. Maybe he's still like, he just read the letter again or something like that. He just, he just, he just finished. Um, so he, he puts the letter in a, in a frame. Um, and it's. Um, also, I didn't mention Silverchair, by the way. Oh, yeah. I should. Yeah. Shade. And um, because we were going to do this for each film, the. The first time I heard, and not the last time I heard, someone say anal retentive, <laughs> which I think Kevin Smith is also a fan of using that line. Yes. Anything to do with anus. <laughs> yes. It'll be back. And is this why you like the Canucks? Oh, because no, the no, Hartford no. whale disappeared and the Canucks were still around? <laughs> nah, I think, I think, um, I think my Canucks love just came out of like, I, I got into, we had a channel here called 10. Well, it was called One actually. It was like a it was like a buddy channel to our channel channel oh, ten. Oh yeah, and it showed lots of sport, and they were still showing ice hockey, and um, they just they just tend to happen to play a lot of Canucks games, and I was like, oh, I don't want to pick an American team. I'll pick a Canadian team to go for, it. and I sort of just I, I went went for that. So, um, same with the Blue Jays. Right. Like I used to like the Blue Jays, but um, baseball. Um, so yeah, I like how he calls him calls him calls him callow, or she calls him callow, and he thinks it's a compliment. Um, yeah. And I was like, I would not know. <laughs> no, frightened, weak wheeled. Um, <laughs> he so they just and like they sort of just sit there and um, 
Brody's boxes are gross in this movie. Like, <laughs> they're just so... They're not stained or anything, but they're just very... Yeah. They're of the time. Like, old, old guys used to wear, like, these, like, really long boxes underneath. And it's like, oh, God. If it wasn't that, it would be silk boxes. But, yeah. Um, but, he, yeah. I can, robe. I can, Who wears a robe? Yeah. Um, but he says, oh, let's go to the mall. And, like, there's, this time around, it really sort of came through to me. I'm like, no one's going to sit there as a 20-something and go, if we just got broken up with, let's go to the mall. <laughs> like, it depends what you're into. I know. I'm looking, if you, like, go on the mall and you're in your mid-20s, like, go for it. But, like, it's just... Are, are you blanking out how many times we would go to the plaza and just look at, like, Sanity or EB Games and JPI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in my I was in my lower twenties. No, actually, probably wouldn't be my higher twenties. Look, look, maybe, maybe Brody. Maybe Brody's not a party animal. Obviously, we no. are not party animals. No, we're not going to get drunk or. I mean, he's maybe getting stoned. I don't know. He's listening to stoned. Like he's not getting drunk or stoned in the middle of the day. What do you do? Look, yeah, maybe it's the thing, and it's like, and it's is that it's very much like the Kenswith because like Kenswith wasn't much of like a. Like before his weed renaissance and stuff like that. But yeah, he was always like, it was a movie for the people who didn't party. Like, this is what you, this is probably what you would, you would do. So, hey, maybe, maybe look, I'm in 40 now and maybe I'll, if, uh, if I get broken up with, I'll go to the mall. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, you wouldn't. You hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind. I don't mind a market sometimes. Like a um, market rats. Market rats. Yeah. That'd be our. Um, so we got, uh, yeah, they go to the mall. Um, the, <laughs> I do love the smell of commerce in the morning and also getting smacked by the girder. Um, again, like something <laughs> that you knew that was going to happen, but it's just it, like his, his, um, his pratfalls are pretty good. Um, we're also yeah. introduced to, uh, Ben Affleck who is playing Ben Affleck. <laughs> yes. Um, this time I, I forget something happened to Ben Affleck's face. Around about, uh, I don't know, mid two thousands. Like he got some definition to it because in this one he's very smooth. Like he's well, he's a lot. He's quite young here. Yeah, and I don't want to say he's on the heavier side, but you know, he's looking a bit chunky. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think he's a bit fuller faced. Yep. Um, he looks large and young and small at the same time <laughs> but he's um when was he 72 so he's like 23 24 making this film yeah he's a baby yeah and he looks like he's, he looks it too he does he plays an asshole well too and he plays like the biggest the biggest asshole on this well actually does he play it well or is he way too over the top person <laughs> and his arms always out to the side yeah I wonder whether he was supposed to be slapping Shannon and Doherty in the bum because there's a couple of times where she looks at him and I'm like, I think she's and I'm like at this time, let's not mince words. Shannon Doherty would fucking run you down the car if she if you pissed her off. So <laughs> he should be careful. Um, uh, I just want to look also get because there's, there's a bunch of Star Wars references in this and like watching it now, the references are like quite, you know, they're they're pretty run of the mill sort of thing. But like this is at a time where no one was quoting Star Wars. Like we're still two years away yeah, from there's remasters. No there's four years away from like episode one. Like this was 
the thing that really me and my friends really got into because we were the ones also like making style references because like that's what we used to watch all the time um even at 14 and 15 <laughs> even at 39 40 um well you're so, of that generation where you just missed it really yeah so then you you want to be a part of it and you want to feel that it's still ongoing and also like we're also part of the vhs um generation where you could watch something <laughs> you're gonna say and- club <laughs> <laughs> um we could we, we could watch something over and over and over again like and run out tapes and stuff like you, you just that's what we did it's like you just you you finish the movie the next day oh, i'm gonna watch empire again because you know whatever um so yeah like him doing the jedi mind trick which is like amazing amazingly they didn't get sued for because like i'm assuming george lucas was like in his litigious phase oh have you seen and i don't know if it's a joke because there's a few joke george lucas videos going around there's a video apparently where he it's the first day of him writing episode one so he's like oh i'll just right. drop the kids off at school and he walks and he goes up he walks up this um to this sort of room outside of his house and then he's got all these like yellow legal pads to write the to write the the, the story and um he just sits down in the chair and just like leans back and he's like all right and he's like oh um yeah apparently i didn't get much sleep last night and you just think he's gonna fall asleep and i'm like ah oh, yep that tracks that's how episode one was written <laughs> <laughs> i thought when it came out uh i think the internet was around i guess yeah. um oh yeah in England, the story going around in school was the episode one, two, and three were written, but they were lost in a tragic fire. No. So he started from episode four. From what I heard from in my in my schoolyard was that seven, eight, and nine were done, and he had to really go back and do one, two, three. Like he really needs to like flesh them out. Yeah. Um, and then he came to apparently when just before Disney bought them, he's like. Oh hey, here's a seven eight nine. They're like, oh thanks, George. <laughs> we're totally <laughs> gonna look at these. <laughs> mm, we're not shredding anything. <laughs> he started with the last three. No, so apparently he he'd written the last three after he did five, four, five, and six. He oh sort of, right, I he thought you were saying that he wrote them first. No, no, no. And then like he, so he knew what was, where it was going after that. And then apparently, because uh, that had a lot to do with like Luke's, Luke had a son, I'm pretty sure. Uh, mm. And then he had to go back to one, two, three. Um, he did a, um, oh, Mrs. Teens was a Star Wars podcast. Um, <laughs> apparently there was like a, a, a TV show that he wrote 40 episodes for. And then they just pulled the pin. So out there, there's like, there's, there's like scripts. Was it after someone read it? <laughs> <laughs> no, and it wasn't that long ago. It was like 2011. Because they got... Um, I think one of the lost, maybe Lindelof um, from Lost, I think was in it. But Just yeah. picturing him on a writing bender, like four pages go beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 bleep, bloop. <laughs> I haven't slept for four days. Maybe I should take a nap. Nah. <laughs> um, oh, man, I would love to read those groups. Uh, so let's get back into the rats. Um, where yeah, are so we? the, the weird uh, Jedi sound effects. Oh yeah, there's a lot could... of sound effects in this film. Yeah, and um, it's like when he's watching Jedi and Clerks, and they can't obviously they can't license that stuff, so it's just like these really weird, like, pri- like you know, very 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 basic sort of star blaster sort of noises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we get introduced to Willem. Um, yeah, and 
I never knew that he said poopy trim. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just I always used to say something. Lines. But like I, I had I as I had the, the subtitles, I'm like poopy trim. Okay, awesome. <laughs> no one gonna call the episode. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is poopy trim? Uh, I don't know. Something you say when you're focusing on something. Um, so he's, and then we have the long-running joke throughout the um, the movie about the um, magic high um, drawing that he's trying to see the sailboat. Uh, instrumental in the in the final scenes too. Uh, I, f- I actually forgot how this movie ended. <laughs> it's just like, what happens again? How do they get the tape? Oh yeah, I, I was half hanging for just mo- them to come back to Willem. <laughs> Until when he calls that kid a dumb bastard. You dumb bastard. Um, that schooner, it's a sailboat. We're introduced uh, into the most cartoon version of Janson and Bob you'll ever see. Um, I actually, you know what? I literally cringed. Like my body went sort of convulsed a bit when he said snoochie boochies because it's really stupid. It's it's very awkward in this and you can see how the studio was so desperate to get rid of jay yeah well they wanted um brecken meyer to be that jay would not have been a better choice <laughs> they're like you know that kid that could barely act in uh clueless yeah he's jay <laughs> he was he was right to stick with him yeah because it, it would have ruined the whole universe oh yeah um and it just wouldn't have flo- especially if kevin was still bob well, because like, and that was the, the the famous line where someone at Universal said, "Like, this is not just about making films with your friends, Kevin." And he's like, "Well, yes, it is." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he was allowed to. Uh, I do. I, he does a lot of run, like Kevin Smith runs a lot in this movie. Like he does a lot of like like physical work. Like there's a bit where he's like running with that um with the sock with the sock, and I'm like, and he's trying to like spin it around and then his other arm keeps doing weird things because yeah. he doesn't have coordination um Magic. this was also the movie where he looks um the most like our friend craig um i have to say <laughs> yeah sorry craig sorry craig um it's okay because but... you're lafors yeah <laughs> what you know who lafors is they don't know who lafors is <laughs> tell them who lafors is I'm not for the longest time i thought his name was lafors's lafors's <laughs> um yeah, I uh, I, was, I was just impressed because, like, you know, he was never a very fit dude, but, like, there was a couple of times in this movie he's, like, running and stuff, and I'm like, oh, like, this must have been just before, like, he, like, really <laughs> let go. Well, again, bit. he was still quite young. <laughs> he was, yeah, yeah. He was probably, like, in his mid-20s himself. So um, so they basically want to... They, they find out that um, Brandy's dad's doing this um, Truth or Date show, um, and they want to make it so it, so it doesn't happen and and like and so so like ruin the dad's show so um him and brandy can be together which is just like a really sh- stupid way of doing things also um, i don't think i've mentioned it yet i meant to at the start with the weird dialogue um brandy's opening speech is very dante-esque the way it's written a lot of it sounds a lot like clerks the way they speak the way she, he thinks kids speak she um she's she sounds very British. Is she British? Because there's sometimes in this movie where she no. sounds very British. I don't think so. Um, I haven't actually ever. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. I'm not sure. Um, she's in Meet Joe Black, incredible film. Uh, but there's this bit it's, where it's what? Meet Joe Black. It's the best. Really? Yeah, I like it. 
the song in it that's over and over. So sad. What's going on? He's a devil. Think, no. I don't think I even remember that movie. All I know is the, ah. the card accident. Oh, yeah, sad. It's not because it looks really funny. Oh. Anyway. Um, not as funny as the Cruel Intentions one, but it's, it's, it's up there. <laughs> Kevin Smith has this thing. It's it's kind of reality, reality Bites-ish, I guess. Yep. This was like the dumb kids version of Reality Bites. Funny you say that because Ethan Hawke was supposed to be in this movie. They wanted they wanted him in it. As TS? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, there's one line that always annoyed me. Uh, actually, most of TS's lines annoyed me. <laughs> but when he says, they're trying to capture the 90s youth market with a staple of 70s television. Oh, yeah. And there's That's... weird little things like that. The way they speak... Yeah. And like, I know you don't want your characters to stutter on their words or, you know, repeat themselves, but the way they say all this shit perfectly, like no one talks like that. And if they do no. talk like that, it's not that clean. <laughs> and I, I right. wonder like in this time, because I think in this time, Kevin Smith got like a bit of, um, I think he thought, I think he thought a, a thought a lot of himself at this time. So I think he would be like, you say it exactly how I want you to say it. And, you know, you have to say it this way. And like, probably didn't like allow a lot of um, improv on the actor's behalf. Uh, I believe this is also the movie where the um, Greasy Reesey, isn't it? Or is that Chasing Amy? Uh, I think it's Chasing Amy. So Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, also um, went for the role, and Jim McCarthy went for the role of um, of uh, Brandy, and I, I believe there's a story about Jim McCarthy, but I don't know exactly the the, the background. But I, I think on a podcast I heard them talk about him um, about her. Ben Affleck wanted to be more of a more of a star. He wanted like I think he wanted the T.S. or Brody part. Um, God, but, yeah. can you imagine. Uh, Seth Green was also a. Um, they basically had him in the wings for Jay if, to be Jay if um, they needed to cut Jason Mewes out of the role. That's that's probably not a bad step in. No, no, he's like a shade away from Breckin Mar. <laughs> yeah, a shade in the right direction though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, just going to a few other things. Um, uh, there is a weird. I've always I, I do. The bit where he says Brenda, you know, towards the end, um, Willem says yeah. Brenda. Like, I found that bit to be just ultra weird. Like, it's it's funny in its own way, but I, I don't really get it, and I don't know whether, like, it, it was necessary. Like, it, I, I don't know whether it was, like, the studio's like, how can we tie in her 90210 into this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, well, that, is that the, uh, the Willem of Two Worlds thing? Is he in 90210? No, how... um. In Clerks, Willem is Scott Mosier. Oh, yeah, true, yeah. And now this is the same character, but it's a different actor. Right. Is this like a, I don't know, Matrix situation? <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. Um, this is like, 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 I'm going to go through the whole movie. Like, there's a bit where we... So, oh, we're going through the whole movie. The escalator scene? The escalator bit is probably the best bit of the movie. Like, one, one of my favorite top five bits. Like, um, And the, the callback to it when they're talking to um, Trish the Dish is amazing because you like that's one of the that's that's the, that's the stuff i love of smith is just like going back smartly to a joke um and again when they're with 
Walt and Steve. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about... Well, Trisha just also that. That whole storyline's weird that they had a 15-year-old yeah. um, having sex with men. Um, and also the fact that at the end, LaFleur's is obviously with her because he gives her a, a rose. <laughs> I don't remember that bit. At the end of the movie where they do Where Are They Now, they say, like, Trisha sold like a million copies and she's signing books in the uh, bookstore he, and no he's her security guard he gives her a rose dude that someone else probably gave him to give to her okay do you know that LaFleur? or he's heard about the book and he's like do you need any more i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that lafour's dude um was one of the ones that had a fight with steven seagal on set for on deadly ground Ah, oh, for sure <laughs> yeah i love that he doesn't say a single word in this film it's amazing yeah um so yeah, the Steve, Dave, and, and Walt. Oh, sorry, and fanboy, um, they're friends of Ken Smith, and they are like you would know if you if you ever seen a movie called, a show called Comic Book Men. They own James Secret Bob, Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash in um, New Jersey. Uh, their characters, um, they these are the ones where, um, especially on Chasing Amy, there's a whole section that was cut out. Uh, which we'll get to when we get to that film, but there's a whole section that get, gets cut out of um of them. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you remember that when like the, the when they smashed the 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 bin to the oh, window? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they they got like um, and they they weren't actors or anything like that. They just sort of just just helped out. But man, they're pretty. I like you. Got to treat me nicely. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve is a much better actor than Walt. I don't know why Walt always got so many parts. Tell <laughs> Steve that. I mean, he's what? Um, yeah. Is he also the the stagehand? Yes, he gets yeah, fired. Yeah, and he puts and his, has to look like he's crying when he walks off. That that is amazing when he walks off oh, and he puts God. his. It's so funny. Um, yeah, so uh, they um, they find out Stan Lee's coming, so that's the big cameo of this movie, uh, and then we get introduced to Joy. Uh, is it Joy? Like Joey Lauren saying, Adams. I'll like, say Joey, Joey Lawrence. It's not Joey Lawrence. Joey Lauren Adams. <laughs> um, who I look look. I I like Joey. I do. Isn't she lovely? She's. So, I like her voice. She's the indie Renee Zellweger. Um, I believe they were dating at the time. Her and um, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, they were definitely dating during Chase Gammy. Uh, but apparently, there's a. And I've never listened to it. Um, I think I'm going to wait until we do our. Um, our episode on it, <clears throat> there's a commentary that those two recorded, just those two, um, for Chasing Amy Ooh. that I've never listened to, and um, that I'll I'll listen to when we when we get to that. Uh, yeah, so um, she plays um, like one of their friends. I, I like it. She's very um, like sex positive in this. Like she's just like owning it. Um, she doesn't think that you know. Uh, it's anything to be ashamed of that she sort of like sleeps around and stuff like that, which is, uh, and that's the same with um, same with Trista Dish. Like you know, there's that whole thing of like they're basically just playing men for their own sort of interests and lots of stuff, which is mm. kind of good. She's probably the best character and actor in this film after Brody. I w- although I don't want to say Brody's a good actor, I just love his character so much. But I think. The amount of Joey Lauren Adams we got in this film was the perfect amount. Yes, yeah, she's so good, like just slipping in and out. And I don't think she, um, I don't think she's actually that good of friends in the movie. Like, I don't think Gwen and Brandy actually um, 
that good of friends. Like when she goes backstage, like they're, I don't know, like they, they, they're, they're sort of talking, but like, um, they also, it's, it's kind of like, it's that whole sort of high school, post high school incestuous thing of like, everyone's dated each other's boyfriends at some point, which is just I weird. I feel like they're more acquaintances than actual friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they play that well, like to, to be able to pick up on that, they obviously sort of played it. Okay. So, um, uh, but yeah, uh, we do, and we we do see some boobs of of Joe Lauren Adams, which is actually kind of like a. It starts, doesn't happen a lot in Ken Smith films. Is that the only time? Aside from the psychic, oh, maybe apart from that. But yeah, this this movie's got the most nudity in it because like there's probably like there's lots of like filthy sexual language, but like I don't think there's like a lot of nudity in any other film that I can think of. Uh, no, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, weird. Um, where are we up to? So, uh, there's also the first mention, I'm guessing, probably the only mention of Walt Flanagan's dog. <laughs> Ran faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know where or why that joke came from. It's, I don't know I, why I know got what? the t-shirt and found it so hilarious. Ask me 12 years ago and I would have had an answer like straight up for you because that's when I was like in the midst of my... I listened to three or four podcasts a week that were just from Kevin Smith's like channel. And I think I had the backstory on what that was, but I, I for the life of me, I can't remember now. Um, there is a backstory there. I probably, yeah, I have, I have no memory, but I would be quite confident 21 years ago in 2002, when I was buying endless Kevin Smith merchandise. Yeah. I probably would have known exactly. You would know. You were on the why board. Why this is all happening. <laughs> oh Yeah. Uh, is this the bit where we, we mentioned got to... Scooby Doo yet? What have we mentioned? Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo. I don't know if it's like if he's trying to be comic booky, but aside from the obvious Scooby Doo vibe at the end of it, Jay and Silent Bob to me, and a lot of their take just feels very cartoonish and very yeah. childish and. And that might have been a studio a thing. Too dumb. We really want these, like, um, to sort of amp that up. I don't know. Um, make them less stoners, make them more funny. Yeah. Like, this whole sort of the schematics and lots of stuff that happens. It's like, it's very, yeah, um, Hanna-Barbera, Warner Brothers type sort of thing. Um, so we find out that Renee is now dating uh, the, <laughs> the manager of Fashionable Mail. Uh, ben oh, Affleck. Man. Yeah. Um, and, uh, People talk about The Simpsons looking into the future. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they do a Batman comic with a big. It's a fat bat logo as well. It is yeah. the Batman logo on that comic is very thick. <laughs> Look, you know, I think he, he said like he, he reckons they should play the shark and jaws. Like he he loves Affleck. Um, it would have been great as a shark and jaws, and then never <laughs> see him again. <laughs> um, and his whole thing is that he likes to take chicks on the rebound so he can um have sex with them in a very awkward place. That is not the back of a Volkswagen. You know what annoys me about this film? That line gets said two or three times. I think four. Like, that's everyone's first question. And then when Gil Hicks says it, everyone gets annoyed. I <laughs> said, oh, so everyone else can do it and be cool, but poor Gil Hicks can't say it. Ah, oh, poor Gil Hicks. Poor Gil. His hair's so long. <laughs> Rowdy, Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, that's, I reckon that was um, Brian Halloran too. I reckon that was him saying Rowdy Roddy. I reckon he has, a, a, he's, he's, every so often he comes out with some fucking 
Yeah. Great lines. Yeah, he's all right. Um, so a- another gripe I have just quickly. Yeah. Uh, when they see Renee with Buttman in the food court, they are looking in one direction, and then it shows them walk away from the food stand that they're at, and they turn 180 degrees to watch them go up the escalator. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like. Come on. Have you ever heard? My friend, actually, you might know him, the uh, mutual friend DC. Um, claims he's always known of a, uh, a outtake or a deleted scene where Ben Affleck, Brody, Jane, and Bob are all sitting in the food court, and I think they're talking about they talk. I think they talk about um, some some sort of Kevin Smith thing, um, but I've never been able to find it. He, he claims that he um, yeah yeah. I've just uh, I I do not know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's on my uh, special DVD. Maybe it is, yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got, I think our first little um, run-in with um, Mr. Spenning. Oh, no, he he obviously has sex with Renee in the in the elevator. Um, I do love his Brady little... does, not Mr. Spenning. Yeah. Um, I do like the little... <laughs> afterwards. Um, and, yeah, she says too little... It's a good size. Uh, that whole <laughs> T.S. is the worst wingman. Like the the little um, conversation he's trying to have with Ben Affleck is just cringy and awkward. I suppose it's supposed to be, but yeah, it's just everything Affleck does in this film is cringy and awkward. <laughs> when he keeps leaning into people's ears and whispering or yelling, yeah. And again, his arms are out to the side, and he's like, "Hey, I'm from." Boston, I'm a Southie, I'm tough, so I'm going to stand like this and be macho. It's um, like, you're already like, a, you're a big guy. You don't have to like make yourself look bigger. You don't have to hit little fine. little cups of soda out of people's hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets beaten up by, uh, Brody gets beaten up. Um, I do, before that, there's a bit where he's just had sex with Renee and they're running um, and they're sitting there talking about and TS is saying you've got to glow. And Gwen comes up behind him, behind TS, and he accidentally hits her in the tit. And then she, like, um, punches him the, and then punches him in the groin, and he goes down. And they both kick him a couple of times as they're talking. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's so ridiculous because that <laughs> seems really violent. Yeah. But then it's just funny. And it's because you don't see him get kicked. Yeah. You, you, just, hear, you, you just hear this, like, <laughs> um, then we've got like probably like one of the uh, the the most talked about scenes that I, I remember when customers sort of brought back is when Janson and Bob uh, beat up the Easter money. Um, so yeah, pretty... that's a good time. It is a good time after yeah. Brody claims that that's what who did it to him. Yes, of course. Um, and then yeah, look at all the... those dumb kids' faces. Oh man, there's that one kid at the front. I'm sure yeah. just a couple of times they're like, you need to be a little bit more shocked. You look kind of happy. <laughs> Too shocked. Um, <laughs> right, we'll, we'll go for it. Um, this 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 leads up to like the, uh, not the, um, I don't believe the, oh no, maybe it is the um, stink palm. No, no, we have to go to the uh, market first, don't we? No, because they've been kicked out by that point. Yeah, so they get, Busted. Well, he he goes to see Mrs. Fenning and says, and he that's when he says, "My daughter's too good for you." Um, 
and I think when like security starts hunting them down, they run away. Yeah, and they go to the flea market. They see the third nipple. Um, I don't get why Brody's so disgusted by it. It's and then she's like, "Do you want to search me?" And then suddenly he's like, "Oh, okay." It's weird, like the 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 amount of, and it's just like all it is is like a a, a it's the second like a second nipple. It's not not a huge. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this like is the, what pornography did to people. You you get these expectations of you know what is sexy, and if you haven't seen it, grown up with it, it's it's weird and different and scary. That's what it does to you. <laughs> anyway, that's um, when they come back with a new plan. I think. Yeah, I'm sure the stink palm comes before that though. Yeah, because when they come, go to the market. Yeah, because when they come back, that's when like um, uh, TS. Um, punches that guy in the, the the parking lot, and he's like, "Nah, I've got a plan now. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take this, this thing down." He gets Stanley to talk to Brody. So, let's talk about the stink palm. Um, look, it was <laughs> like the, the the back in back when I was first watching it, it, it's it sounds absolutely fucking hilarious. This time around, I got a little bit queasy because <laughs> I just imagined just like, especially when he licks his hand. Yeah, like so. If you don't know what it is, the stink palm is when you put your hand in your ass. And then um, yeah, she shakes someone's hand. And I do love the fact that like T.S. Light points out like, but you've got a hand that smells like ass. And he's like, oh, it's a small price to play <laughs> to smite your enemies. And he says, um, no matter how much you scrub, that smell isn't coming off. <laughs> yes. And then, oh, so that, that is when they go to the market. Yeah. Because they're outside and they're about to leave. And he says, don't I get to wash my hand first? Yeah. Yeah. What's and, the point? Um, yeah, exactly. So you, you can't you can't get that, that smell off. Is that um, when they go to the market? Has yeah, so after that. But there's a, there's a bit where <laughs> he's cut the chocolate colored pretzels and he's like, and he's like, oh, he doesn't put the bag into his other hand and then use his left hand. He just puts his face into the bag and starts eating. Yeah. Them. But yeah, when he comes over and um, that's when we, Mister Spenning says, if if it isn't my neighbor, um, and I do like how he schmoozes him, how he's just like sort of just plays into a thing and like went the best bit. I've always loved in that part, in that part is when he grabs the ring, like the the, the class yeah. ring, and just rubs his hand all over it, and like Tears is just watching him. Which <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that ring changes hands. What is it? Mm-hmm. When they when they're first coming up to him, and he's like pointing shit out in the stage, it's on his like his ring finger on his left hand. Wait, yeah, you know you would wear such a ring, and then when Brody comes over, suddenly it's on his right hand. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just that when he licks it off, oh my God. It's like, it's just watching someone lick chocolate off their hands as gross as it is, but then like knowing the close ups. Oh my God. And because it's Michael Rooker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after the flea market, they come back. He does his, he has his talk with Stan. Um, look. Was this the first Stanley cameo? Pretty much. And then they, there's a bit of a callback in Captain Marvel because when he does his cameo on that, he's reading the script to Morats on the bus uh, when they, uh, when they yeah. show him. So he's, and he's actually saying his lines, he's going to say, um, which I think is like, you know, his little sort of nod because I think this was his first like real on-camera um, cameo. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's Stanley. I'm not going to, you know... <laughs> Here's what it is. Um, He's very awkward. Is he worse than Jay? Uh, 
Is he worse than Cliff Alon? Is he worse than TTS? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, saying he's not. he's definitely not the worst person on this movie. Um, no. So then we have our our big sort of um oh <laughs> did you notice that the dudes from well one of the dudes from the ice hockey match on the roof of Clerks is one of the contestants. Uh the long hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one the one that um, wants free Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. You live in denial, motherfucker. <laughs> shoe polish, polish smelling motherfucker. <laughs> it's coordination rules. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like um, they, uh, Jay gets them stoned and so like uh, TS and Brody take their place, but they've also got one uh, other one, which is not Dante Hicks, it's Gil Hicks. And we have the, um, the extended Hicks family. I saw someone... One of the reviews on Letterboxd or somewhere like had it had a problem with that, and I'm like, fuck off. Like, I mean, if Martin Lawrence can play like a bunch of different characters, if Murphy can play a bunch of different characters, like leave let Brian O'Halloran play like the entire Hicks clan. Oh, no. Wait, wait till they get to chasing Amy. <laughs> Jesus. And then Dogma. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it Grant Hicks in that? Yeah. Oh, no, um, I was more thinking about uh, Jason Lee playing three different characters <laughs> in the same universe. One, two of whom are basically the same. Banky and yeah. Brody are the same. Is it? Are they cousins? No. One of them is one of them is Randall's cousin. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it must be Banky because Brody's last name is Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, um, Stanley, he'd done some TV stuff. Yep. And possibly some films like bit parts, sure. mostly narrating. Uh, but Morats was his first real thing. Yep. Uh, and then it was X Men in two thousand, <laughs> where it all began. I uh, believe that's when he's. Oh, no, I know the second one when when he's got the hose and the the water's going up, and he's like, "Then <laughs> uh, there's Spider Man, Daredevil." Hulk. That's right. You don't, you don't have to go through them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's more. Spider-Man Two. Man dodging debris. Um. So X-Men Last Stand. He was the Waterhouse Man. Uh. So they're they're on the Truth and Date show. Um. Man in Times Square. <laughs> uh. And Milwaukee uh, Man drinking brand bottle. <laughs> Brandy Brandy comes out and and asks the questions. Done. It's just so, like, I mean, yeah, like that. Like, I would have liked, if I was TS, I would have, like, either put just a voice walk, on. Either just walk around and just say, hey, it's me, TS, or, like, play the game for, like, one round to sort of ease her into it. But don't just, like, go, no, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to leave. I just um, basically, why'd you break up with your boyfriend? I thought you loved him. He oh, loved no, you. Yeah, uh, Get back what, together what with him. Of, what sort of car would you be? The kind of car you wouldn't break up with your boyfriend in. It's like, that's not even a real answer to that question. How and is yet, he still so angry about this? And yet again, Gil gets, Gil gets yelled at <laughs> quite a lot for the answers to his questions. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the, for playing the game. I do like his, I do like his date. <laughs> Cause he, um, his date is exactly like Shannon, like Ben Affleck's character, what he did with Renee. Like they went to Cheese House yeah. and um, what's something else? I went to all the shop, to all the shops that she wants to go to. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. I think it's almost word for word what she says she wants and what he does. And the and then his, and then his jackhammer. 
I'm coming in with some pressure. <laughs> and when I'm done, you're, you're changed. You're not the same. <laughs> so Where gross. Did you come up with this? Imagine that. So after we make out, you'll chisel my face. So it's. I like, how, I like how Brody's um, plan too is just like to um, prove that this dude's a pedophile. More <laughs> <laughs> gay, just, apparently. Yeah, just like, you know. Um, TS, you, you, good. You, you go into the show into that. I'm just going to show you a, a video, um, which I think under some laws, if anyone viewed that video, <laughs> you would actually be in a lot of trouble. Like if he played yeah. that, he would actually be in trouble for playing that in, in um, public. Yep. Um, You'd although if you're a white man, you might end up with your own TV show. And I do love. I mean, it's it's also it's a it's a shocking indictment on uh on probably what cops have actually let people do. But when Ben Affleck gets arrested, Brody goes to hit him. He says, "I oh, he can't. He's in custody." He's like, "Oh, can, can I just have one?" And he's like, "Yeah, okay." And then <laughs> he gets was, at least two. He gets at least two. <laughs> yeah. I love that you hear it as they they move the camera moves away. Yeah. Um. So everyone's. Um, did you, did you also notice, uh, still in the little quiz moment, yeah, that the angle changes on uh, Claire Falani, and the lighting is very different, and Do suddenly it does not look like she's in the same spot. Do you reckon they were doing punch-ins? I I believe yeah. there was probably like that. That's probably what happened. The um, second half of the question she was asking was not done at the same time. I'm pretty sure that also because. <laughs> This is, this is another nitpick, but like when Svenning kicks a hole in the stage and he says, put the, uh, put the podium over the top of it, that's not where it is when uh, no. they actually go to shooting. So. Also, classic micromanagement, something you could have done yourself in two seconds. You spend 10 seconds telling someone else to do <laughs> while you're five meters from it. Yeah. Horrible man. So... Um, and also, oh yeah, through this and the whole thing too, he's um, really sick because he's also obviously uh, <laughs> licked Brody's ass off his hand. So. <laughs> Would that um, make you vomit that violently? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can only assume that. Yeah, I reckon it probably would. <laughs> I'll, um, let's let's we'll check if Mythbusters have done an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mythbusting more Smith movies. More rats. Mythbusted. Oh man. <laughs> Like, also, from... like whether you can uh, die masturbating in a toilet. In a, <laughs> I mean, if you have a heart attack, you have a heart attack. Yeah, but would it stay hard that long? That's the only thing. Um, so yeah, yeah they, they uh, what are you talking about? Everyone's everyone's happy. You know, TS is back with um, Brandy, Renee, and um, Brody are back together. Uh, and then we do like, I look, I do like. I, let I want to say this before we finish because I don't want to end on a down note, but okay. I know you mentioned at the start, Brody says that TS and Brandy are retarded for each other. Mm. And then at the end, Renee says, I love the retard. Yeah. It's not good. Like it's Shannon Doherty says it twice. Yeah. I don't know whether like she's like, Which, I reckon we should say not that. her fault. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> obviously thought that that was okay at the time. I'm pretty sure in one of his, live shows maybe even he might have said it probably but i don't know it's really weird how easily that word escapes people's lips even now and it, look and like a lot of people don't care but it's like it's just a major major bugbear of mine i can't stand it um uh so i do like a i do like a um what happens next ending to some oh, movies 
It's the fun. Best. I think every film should have it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, um, you know, for the longest time after first seeing this, I was waiting for like an actual spin-off of Brody having his own show. Oh man, that'd be amazing. I was like, this is genius. Like this has to happen. Either like he has an actual talk show or a show about him having a talk show. Something. Do, something do has they, to come from this. Do they ever say what happened to his talk show? No, it just says that he went and had a talk show and No, but like in Reboot and also Um oh, is he in Reboot? No, is that Banksy? Is that Banky or is uh, that Brody? he would he would come up next and strike back. Yeah. Who he's running the oh, comic yeah. shop. Yeah, so he's running a comic shop, but they never actually say what happened to his show. And whether no, he's with Renee I don't or anything. Do. Um because the Twi- Twilight of the Clerks of Twilight of the Morats is gonna come out like it's gonna be made sometime this year, apparently. The, and like everyone's apparently back on board. I remember like in the um, 2020, Kevin Smith was like assembling his class, his cast basically and trying to get Is it a made. film now? Uh, well, Universal is, um, I think, for because of like the strength of Reboot and also Clerks 3 didn't do too badly, I think they're like, oh, we'll roll it. Because they, they actually own it. It's one of the ones that they own. Because so it was going to gonna be a series at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, they're not doing that anymore. It's going to be a movie. So okay, yeah. So that's I'm I'm keen. I was I was yeah. very happy with uh, Clerks Three. Yeah, um, really, even like, reboot. I, I, I read a um an interview where he says like, oh um, uh, we're going to it's going to be good because like there's also like the, the malls are like sort of in a downturn as well, so it'll be like a bit of a um, not many people, not many people go to them anymore. <laughs> so it's just, it'll just be a, a, an interesting sort of snapshot of where consumerism sort of at, at that time too, which I think would be pretty good. Like this is down, this yeah. is a, this is at a time where like everyone's the mall, and now very rarely do people go to the mall. So unless it's like Christmas time and it's fucking nuts. Um. So yeah, we're um, we're all it's good. Not over yet. Willem um sees the sailboat. Uh, James Old Bob. Meet Suzanne, and we also have the song Suzanne of, of by Weezer over the top, which I love. Another impeccable ending. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the we see them walking off down the road. We won't see that story until two thousand and one. Now, again, this is I'm assuming something I would have known at the time, but because in Clerks he says Jay and Bob are returning dogma. That was planned. Yeah. The end of more rats, they're heading off with a monkey. Yeah. So sort of monkey. Um, <laughs> is that, did he already have a thought about that? I look, or did he thing, come back years one later thing that he like, can, One thing oh, that yeah. he can never ever um, claim he doesn't do is like speaks before he probably should about certain things, especially about oncoming projects. Because the amount of times that he said that, like it's been greenlit, it's going to go. And he's like, ah, not anymore. Um, he should really stop doing that. <laughs> so you think he may have had Jay and Bob ready to go? I think he. I think for he wrote, a Jay and Bob film. Well, Dogma was written around about time of Clerks as well. Like he'd had that one for ages. Um, I think Jay and Bob um, in because there's like there's a there's the comic book of um, that and I, which I came it came out like as a companion piece to Jay and Bob Strike Back. But I think he had that story of them going cross country with a monkey. Um, okay. Back in the day, I think he had like a lot of those stories, like kind of like you know, kind of like Lucas. I think he had like a, a bunch of like stories from that universe that he wanted to tell. That tragically got lost in a fire. 
Did it? <laughs> Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never um, know. So let's. I suppose we're going to rate this now. Do we? Are we doing like? Did we do it for Goldeneye? Did we do like a, an outstanding person or moment from the film? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Um, mine will be Stink Palm. That moment, <laughs> just uh, look, that or the um, elevator. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to say elevator. I, I, I still found that. I still... Uh, elevator dance? Or just the entire elevator scene? With the kid in the elevator. Escalator. Escalator, sorry. Oh, escalator. Escalator, yeah. Which moment when it when they're on the escalator and he sees it? No, or when probably they're more when they're on the talking, bench. More when when they're talking to Trisha and he's like, "That kid is on the escalator again." And like Tia says, "Like, let it go." That's pretty good. Yeah, that I used to stick- love being at the plaza and seeing kids on the escalator, so I can think about that scene. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that instinct palm will probably be my thing. What about you? Gross. Ah oh, shit! I don't know. Uh, I should have thought about that before I asked you. Um, I also like the uh, the revamped version of Build Me Up Buttercup um, in the oh yeah the Renee already uh, scene. Stoned by Silverchair is a highlight. <laughs> that's such a good song. Yeah. Um, and why is it playing in his bedroom if he's asleep? That's weird. Although she just been uh, cry- she just been crying in the bathroom, so maybe you should put it on. Oh yeah, it's it's really hard to pick out any what pretty much any time Brody speaks. <laughs> um, if he's yelling by the escalator. Loves the smell of commerce in the morning. Um, when he gets hit with the the beam thing, you know you're going to face shock and damage. Uh, everything he says to me in this film is a catchphrase. Yeah. Just because a guy reads some comments doesn't think you can start some shit. He's also got a bit, <sighs> everything. He's, he's probably got a bit more of a good side than Randall too. Like Randall just seems mean. Um, we're in like I think Brody's got some some humility to him, so I think. Yeah, he's a better he's a better um sidekick than I mean he should just be yeah. he's not the sidekick he's like he's a, he's a the main boy wonder he's, yeah Bumble the boy wonder what did you what uh, did you rate this yeah. I gave it three so did I ah oh, nice because I was like because I gave Clerks five um I gave this yeah. three three because I wanted some wiggle room because like I've got a feeling that I'm gonna place Chase I reckon Chase Amy is gonna be I don't know. I, I seriously have not watched that movie in probably about 15 years. It's going to be really hard to not watch it for another probably year before mm. we yeah. get to 97. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've, I've not seen it for a long time either. And I kind of want to now. And I do, it's got to be better than this though. And I love, I, I remember loving Dogma a lot. Um, I haven't watched that one for a few years too. Um, I hate Dogma. You hated it? Yeah, I always hated it. So, so did Matt. I, look, I don't hate it. I love Matt Damon and his character. Um, as, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll duke it out. Don't worry about that. Do you know, it only just clicked with me recently um, in one of the, what was the last Thor movie? Matt Damon plays yeah. Loki. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, huh. He's already done that. Oh, that bit in um, when they're doing the play at the start. Yeah. Yeah, that bit's funny. It didn't click with me at the time. Yeah, he's Loki. And then I was going through like his IMDb. I was like, Loki? No, it's oh, double Loki. Say what you I wonder will. Wonder if he cared. From that moment onwards, I've always wanted the um, trench coat over the uh, the shirt. Oh, it's the only way I wanted to dress after seeing that film. Mm. I even went out and bought the shirt that he wears. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I've got two broader shoulders for trench coats. 
I just they just always look shitty. No such thing as too broad. Nah. Like I, if I need to, if I'm gonna if I was gonna give a go, get a trench coat, I'd actually need it tailored. I think because I just don't I just, like just off the rack. Just does not. I think we live in too warm of a country. Mm. Also, that's the thing. There I'm... was a brief period where I kept one of my dad's old coats. It's yeah, fits that bill pretty well. Funnily enough, I went out and bought one to mm. emulate that look, and it was dark blue and it looked stupid. <laughs> and then my sister gave me her dad's old coat. And I don't know if you remember when I started trying to do it, the hoodie and the overcoat. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. But this country's too warm. And uh, Laura yeah, yeah. later told me that I looked stupid. Ah. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Affleck, man. You're fine. No, you look like Damon, man. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Anyway, I have to put my kids to bed, and because uh, it's gone on way longer than I thought. I said to my, I said to my wife, "I'm like, it'll be a quick one." We're just talking about more rats, and she kind of gave me this look. I'm like, "Really? It'll be fine." Oh, I said it would be ages. <laughs> it's actually shorter than I thought. Um, so, if you want to get in contact with us, it's uh, living the past pod at gmail dot com. Uh, check us out on uh instagram and substack and all these places that aren't facebook because we haven't got one of them um we've got another podcast called do you think i'm spooky where we go through the x-files two episodes at a time um we it's might not be going far away to... yeah you keep saying that <laughs> it's not far away it'll come uh we got we're, we're nearing the end we're nearing the end of 95 only a few more episodes to go um so and look thanks we have october next week i think we also have like a very big boost and listens i don't know what happened in the last couple of weeks but like shit thank you (laughs) thank you for your time we appreciate that thanks for stopping by you really wanted us to to talk about uh the september with lenny kravitz and look we (laughs) said it from the start that this whole series is just waiting for the mid 90s Mm. oh yeah i guess that's what the people are waiting for too it's like yeah all right fucking all right yeah all right cool let us uh so i'm gonna say i'm not you know what i'm not gonna say snoochie boochies i'm not gonna do that because that would just be crass snoogans snoogans all right see everyone good night thanks for listening to living in the past music by anti-gold Check out his stuff at antigold.bangamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.